Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's pretty good, pretty bad. I don't know. That was the. I'm not completely apathetic, but I tell you this much: 117 to 111, and the way they started out against these Rockets, how bad this Rockets team is. The Raptors. It wasn't a convincing win. It certainly was a win. They're now 24 and 30 on the season. The trade deadline is looming where they are reportedly going to be active. I guess we'll see when that happens. This was a backcourt win, if for the most part. Uh, nobody on the Raptors was that interested in playing defense. And it's actually a credit to how bad the Rockets offense is that they only scored 111 points in this game. Uh, they took 55% of their shots during the game at the rim. And luckily for the Raptors, or unluckily, whichever whichever you want to take, uh, they only shot, I think, 55% at the rim, which isn't a great number. However, it's you're still getting pretty good looks, by the way. The Raptors allowed a ton of penetration. They were milk toast in their rotations. And I think a lot of you know love should go to Precious Achua, Christian Coloco, and Chris Boucher in particular, those guys helping out a lot down low when they weren't getting a lot of help elsewhere. Um, the backcourt, as I said, winning this game. Gary Trent plays 38 minutes, 29 points for him. Fred plays 37 and a half minutes, 32 points for them. The shooting in this game was really, really high level. Both of them coming away with five triples in this one. Gary shooting 10 of 15 in this game. I think Fred was uh, 10 of 22. Both very efficient scoring nights. Obviously, Gary's being significantly more so. The Rockets, really bad uh, guard defense. I think most people know this. And their best defenders are on the wing and in the front court. And even those guys can be quite raw relative um, relative to other really great defenders at those positions in the league. You know, Scotty Barnes had a pretty quiet game inside the arc. I think he had four made shots and three of them or three-pointers. Um, Pascal Siakam, 23 points on 20 shots, um, three free throw attempts. He's using a lot of possessions to get to his points. He looks, I'll, I'll keep saying it, he looks gassed. He's not creating with the same burst that he was earlier on in the season. It's begun to affect his defense. It's begun to affect um, even just like his jump pass, right? Like that that pound dribble into space and then pass out to either above the break or the corner. Not as much lift there. Not as much zip on the pass. And it's just, it's tough to watch a guy lose so much of his, his athleticism. And then obviously Pascal Siakam, whose ball skills and jump shot have improved measurably over his time in the NBA. It's tough to see him have to rely so heavy on those when that's not his biggest advantage. He still comes away with 23 points in this game, six boards, four assists. He's, you know, sorry, tw- yeah, and, and two steals as well. He hasn't he hasn't been getting a lot of steals lately. 
not not a great performance though. I actually I would even hesitate to call it a good performance. I didn't think it was. And the Raptors as a whole, not a lot of inspiring performances. The guys on the bench, like Malachi plays almost 16 minutes, zero points. Um, Boucher was obviously fantastic. He changed the energy of the game early on, and he had a really nice stint in this game. Coloco, no scoring. This is this is kind of the Coloco thing. He has a tough time banging around with NBA bigs at the rim. He gets blocked a lot. He gets bumped off his spot a lot, and he can't really finish possessions. Someday, I'm certain he will. Uh, the defense, I was pretty happy with in this one, though, uh, showing a lot of presence at the rim. Uh, Banton, really bad stretch for him. Wancho, you got to hit threes if you want to play because he does a lot of the nice little things, but he doesn't do enough offensively to justify minutes out there. And, yeah, the, the team as a whole, they just rode Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet. I haven't even done the intro yet. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And here's the thing about Goldfinger Law, right? You go with them, you only pay if you win. The advantages are obvious. If you want to reach out to them, 416-730-1777. Okay. As I said earlier, not completely apathetic, but I feel as though I am on the way there. This team lacks cohesion this team lacks it this team lacks any type of intangible that you can think of and in games like this where they are saved by the phenomenal shooting of their backcourt you you are left to to wonder like what does this look like if they don't have a hot shooting game do the raptors have this listless game where they lose to the houston rockets who are a very very bad team they're not good at basketball relative to the rest of the NBA. They're quite poor. And they were missing a backcourt of their own. Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. were both out in this game. To be honest, I don't know if that affects winning or not. Perhaps the, the Rockets might have scored the ball better. They might have defended even worse if those two were there. But the Raptors, the healthier team in this one. OG Ananobi's still out, of course. He will be for the whole road trip. And who knows about afterwards. But this is a team the Raptors played who's very bad. And they didn't win in a very convincing fashion, in my opinion. And they haven't been playing a fun or impressive brand of basketball. And it hasn't been on either side of the floor. There's not that many takeaways, truly, from a game like this where the Raptors continue to disappoint. You're looking for some sort of process. You're looking for some sort of improvement. That was cool to cover as Scotty was playing a different role, for example, against better teams, navigating the massive Bucks front court as a guy operating as a connector, as a hub, and doing a fantastic job of it down the stretch as the Raptors made their march back towards what was a heartbreaking loss, but it was a march of sorts. There was good basketball in there, despite it being terrible at the start. The Raptors, I don't think they had any really impressive process besides being able to, after the start of the game, keep their turnovers down and also able to turn the Rockets over a decent amount, get out and run, hit threes in transition, maybe get a few looks at the rim. And those threes that were made, like, you know, we're, we're talking about just between Gary and Fred, that's 30 points. You know, over a quarter of the points scored in this game came from those two guys and they came from behind the three-point line and 15 extra points on top of that from the rest of the team. That was nice to see. But are those dependable baskets that you can expect to keep on happening all the time? I don't think so, and I think we've noticed that over the course of the season. The Raptors, there's been a lot of variance in a lot of the way that they play. It's why they 
had the Cavaliers, you know, they've, they've had their number this season. It's why they had a really impressive performance against the Mavericks. It's why they've been able to punch up against a few teams. And they're not consistent, though. You want to be able to punch up against teams. Certainly you do. You want to be able to take advantage of unique matchups. Certainly you do. But if you cannot, as a baseline, win against the mediocre teams in the league, if you can't win against teams around your level in the league, the Raptors haven't been, and you're only occasionally winning this this game against a good team, and then, sure, you beat the Houston Rockets. Um, I, I know if you're listening to this, you're thinking, well, what were they supposed to do to convince you? I, I truly, I don't mean to be too much of a, you know, a, a Debbie Downer, as it were, but we're looking at a team that is playing really poor basketball and some people are going to start looking at individual players for improvements some people are going to look at individual players for box score numbers all this kind of stuff and you can and this is typically where the solace is in seasons like this who knows how it is after the trade deadline but and just a heads up if this Raptors team continues to be bad doesn't win against teams convincingly, doesn't play a good brand of basketball that allows them to have a good second half of the season, then I'll be paying more attention not to the team as a whole, but to progressions of players who are making their way in development. The Precious Achuas, the Scotty Barnes, who if Gary Trent Jr. is still here, right? Pascal Siakam, Fred Van, whoever's here, we have to pay attention to if they're getting better. And maybe you think Pascal and Fred won't get better. That's okay too. But we have to be able to pay attention to the young guys on the team if they signal that this is now a future-facing franchise. And who knows what happens at the trade deadline? Who knows who else comes in? But I'm expecting change, and I think the team is too. You can see it in the way that they play. A lack of effort, a lack of togetherness. It's just not there. This game is not so compelling, honestly. There's a few nice performances in here. There's some really nice plays by Scotty Barnes throughout the game in what was a game that he had a tough time figuring out, not only because the backcourt had the ball a lot of the time, but because when Scotty got the ball, the things that you know Houston is good at defending happen to be the things, the types of initiation that Pascal and Scotty like to do. When it comes to Fred and Gary, then, then they have a lot more trouble guarding those actions. And so the Raptors, they were seeking that out. So the Raptors win. They find these big numbers for their backcourt. But for Raptors fans who are not sold on this team being good this year, who don't care that much about the record, what do they want to see? They don't want to see a win against the, one of the worst teams in the league. They want to see more possessions for their exciting young star, for example. And I don't blame... Fred or Gary or Pascal or Nick or anybody out there for what they're doing. They wanted to win. They played They played the way that would get them a win. And so they did. However, this is currently a team that plays a certain way to win, that doesn't achieve wins often enough, and also will not achieve the meaningful wins down the road. And so this is where the roster building and the front offices put them. Arrested development, as it were. I keep saying as it were. I don't it's been in my head for a while, man. I don't know why I'm doing that. Let me let me shake out of that. I keep saying it though for some reason. Anyway, uh <laughs> something to pay attention to. A development on my end. 
um, to make sure that I, I, I stop saying that as often. I think two or three times in this podcast. They go. Um, Reggie Evans Award, Chris Boucher. He changed the energy of the game when he came in in the first quarter. The Raptors were getting the brakes beat off of them. He comes in. Not only does he help out on the interior on offense by kind of pushing on the offensive glass, working his way in as a cutter, pressuring them there, but also on defense, being a guy who flies around the court, his energy was palpable. The Raptors felt it. It helped them catch up at that point in time, and it was a through line throughout the game. That was really nice to see from Chris. It's important for a guy like him to be able to imprint on a team like this, on a game like this. That's everything he needs to be able to do, and he did it tonight. So at least for Chris, that's um, that's really nice to see. The top quick reaction comment is from Sheesh Knack. Quote, I know he's raw, fouls a bit too much, tends to bite on pump fakes, but is the defense not significantly better with Coloco back there? At least it's not an open layup line when he's on the floor. I don't know why he suddenly fell out of the rotation, end quote. Okay, so the Coloco thing. The... Um, the defense is better with Coloco on the floor, uh, significantly by the numbers, the on-off statistics. When Coloco's on the floor, they're better at defending um, all around the floor. Uh, some of that early on in the season was just a lot of noise as far as what was happening behind the three-point line that Coloco ostensibly didn't have a big um, impact on. There's still you know, a pretty big swing as far as the three-point shots go, but as far as defending the rim, and the areas near the basket, short mid-range, Coloco has, you know, a serious impact on the Raptors' defense. And if you want to follow this through line to think about, okay, what does this mean about guys rotating over? Are they able to be a little bit more aggressive on their check at the point of attack? Can they be a little bit more aggressive in passing lanes, great turnovers, if they know they have a backstop there like Coloco? When I, when I did film review with Coloco earlier this season, um, he kept on talking. It was it was one of the biggest points of emphasis for him was even in the Raptors scheme, he has pre-existing beliefs about I'm the big, I need to get back to the basket. He leaves, even though he's a rookie, even though he's coming into a coach who's very specific about his defense, Coloco still has his instincts that draw him back to the rim. And I think he's a very natural rim protector. I think that he's been quite good at that this season. I know why people were very excited early on. Um, the thing about Coloco, though, is that the Raptors, I think, are taking the long view, and that's giving him some time in the G League like he had. I think that's maybe focusing more on development uh, outside of games and trying to work on uh, that offensive side of the floor. Because I, I do think that Coloco grades out as a positive uh, defender at the NBA level as a young big. That's a big deal. And yes, he fouls a ton. He does make mistakes, but his length is not replicated elsewhere on the roster. He has a unique skill set in that regard, uh, his movement skills in combination with his length. So I don't... It's nice to see that Precious got a bunch of minutes and has been getting a bunch of minutes. When OG was still here, and like, you know, not injured, and we were looking at a Raptors team that needed to bring Boucher off the bench because he's on a contract, he plays pretty well, and, and he definitely brings, as we saw tonight, a palpable amount of energy and, and can do a lot of things on the floor. Precious is less than a year older than Coloco, um, a good deal better. He And as far as ceiling goes, 
considerably higher than Coloco probably. You can't really um, prioritize Coloco's development or time on the court more than Precious is. I don't think that makes sense. And so I guess Coloco got squeezed a little bit just because the Raptors are trying to not just only bring the 6'9", 6'9", and 7-foot guy off the bench, right? So that's probably why. In a perfect, in a perfect setting, maybe the Raptors, who knows what happens with this trade deadline, but maybe afterwards Precious is a full-time starter. Maybe that means Coloco is a guy who will have a complete and set spot in the rotation. That would be cool to see. I don't know what happens, but Coloco, I, I understand why you want to see him play. And the Raptors defense is better with him on the floor. There's there's some like little niche coach stuff that they probably want um, Coloco to be better at. And coaches get angrier at certain things because they're not as into the on-off numbers and the, the raw data as a lot of the people who look at the game like like we do you know we we can't be in the gym with them giving them technique and being like don't drop your foot here when you're guarding in the pick and roll it's going to make it better and he's focusing on that instead of just looking at a you know what if what is effectively a spreadsheet and saying oh we're this many points better defensively with coloco i'll just play him um well that stuff is is definitely helpful and helps us assess the game too helps everybody assess the game um yeah, anyway, a bit long-winded. But yes, you're right. You're right to want to see Coloco. And I hope after the trade deadline, um, he'll be a very big part of the rotation. Um, maybe maybe between 10, 15 minutes per game. Uh, if he's really feeling it, who knows? And maybe we'll find some unique lineups with Coloco and Precious paired together. And um, especially if Precious's three-point shot picks up in the second half of the season like it did last season then you're probably allowed to try a bunch of new things. So uh, she snack. Thanks for writing in um, viewer. Thanks for watching listener. Thanks for listening. If it's on YouTube, like the video and uh, subscribe, make sure to go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe to the website. That's the most important one. And if you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for letting me talk to you. Thanks for allowing me to chop it up. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.